Oh yes, this is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. Today's show is sponsored by Ringmaster on a mission to launch B2B podcasts that create relationships, generate revenue, and drive growth. Ringmasterlive.com. Bam. Hello, and welcome to the special ASMR version of Hardcore Marketing. <laughs> I feel like I have to do something now. Yes, like... please tap. Welcome. <laughs> I tried shaking my iced coffee and nothing happened. Oh, God. here's a good one. An, an Apple product. Apple product. And now the pen click. All right. Now that you're all eagerly paying attention and hopefully not too turned on, let's begin this podcast. I can't wait to introduce our guest to you today. She's fun. And we're going to have a lot of fun on this. And you know what? Let me tell you all about her. She is an absolute badass. She's a seasoned marketing leader and thought leader, a story builder. Uh, several people have called her a one in a million marketer. And there's a there's a, a common occurrence here. Content never sleeps and neither does she. And she's worn many hats in this content world, content marketing strategist, specialist. She's created it. She's planned it, executed, even used it on, on more of the sales side and, and the account side. The Director of Growth for Loop and Tie, Bridget Putker, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Um, you make me sound a lot better uh, than I am, but I guess, you know, if it's out there, it's out there. So those reviews, they're real. They're real. They're totally real. And you're here and you're chatting with me. Like, how did we even get you to be, even come on the show? This is so cool. So what I want to do is I'm going to stop talking uh, and stop clicking my pen. And I need to pass <laughs> you this thing. It's heavy, though. At least to me it is. Okay. Ugh. All right. Take Thor's hammer. You got it? Go ahead. Grab yep, it. Oh, I oh, got geez. it. We're good. Jeez. I'm quick. I'm quick. Yeah. Quick working out. Man, <laughs> Thor's hammer is light to you. I mean, I'm just like weighted down and you just kind of grab the thing. Two hands though, I will say. That was a, a good cautious move. So, I played softball, so oh, you always have to use two hands. See, that's it. See, I was soccer, so my arms are just like, what do I do with myself? Yeah, I can't use my feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so together, we're like an actual human. One person. Uh, yeah. One person, yeah. <laughs> so, so take Thor's hammer with that crazy softball swing. Smash for me some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception. Set the record straight once and for all. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of going to go like, big and broad but I think mostly because as you were chatting about like my experience like it is broad um and that was on purpose right like I started my career doing kind of like one specific thing and content and got into the tech scene and content and SEO and then have kind of like tried to round out my experience just so you know when I do get into those VP CMO like level jobs um I can say I've been there done that um can really empathize, I think, with people that are working with me on my team. Um, yeah. All that to say, my biggest myth is that, uh, or that we're busting, is that marketing is really hard. Um, it's not just hard, that it's complicated, I think, is more specific. It's definitely layered. It's definitely integrated. But I would never call marketing complicated. Um, and I feel like as marketers, there's a few reasons why we've made it complicated or at least like on the outside have made it complicated. 
Um, one is for like job security, right? We're like, no, not everybody can do marketing, um, which I understand. It's like similar to the stock market or insurance or like we don't really want everybody to understand it so that we have like a special right. sauce. Um, I think, too, like we've done that so that we can sell marketing software. There's marketing software for everything now. Um, and that's because we've created all these categories for MarTech software and all of these things. And you really think long and hard about, you know, a lot of different new categories like people are talking about, not even categories of software, but like new phenomena in, in marketing and SaaS specifically, um, like dark social. Like, is that really just really good brand marketing? And like, technically, isn't that word of mouth? Like, you can kind of always like breadcrumb them back to like the five main things, like the five main channels of like driving acquisition. Um, so I think by complicating the like channels and all of that stuff and the results, like we've complicated like every process to get there too. And it's become, especially in the growth and demand gen, it's so tech stack heavy and, and it becomes like, I don't know. I just tell my friends all the time that I just beat boop at my computer for eight hours and I don't really know what's going on. Um, yeah, like that's what, how do, I what feel. do we even do today? Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I'm very passionate about like, obviously my, my title is director of growth, but obviously I've gotten there by way of content, brand and strategy and things like that versus traditionally like, you know, performance marketing or demand gen. And I'm definitely trying to infuse that like layer of creativity that like you can't really rip and like those are the pieces that like creativity pieces that that job security for me versus making like complicated and complex um good news is is i have steps uh that have to uncomplicate it okay well um, hold up let's let's <laughs> this is uh we're definitely going to get into that, but let's just talk about this myth for a second. Uh, job security, marketing software, you know, and I love that you're just smashing this because I feel like somewhere some marketing software is putting a hit out on you, right? Mm. They're, oh, yeah. They're saying, uh, there's, like, there's multiple, I'm sure. Like, She's on to us. <laughs> you know, like we have to get out of here, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think too, like I, I wanted to bust this myth specifically because I think it keeps people from wanting to move into marketing or, you know, those small founding teams that have five people. Marketing is a really daunting task, whether we like say it's complicated or not. And like, I would rather be on the positive side of that conversation versus like the fear mongering side. Like, I'm here to empower people to do marketing and help them do marketing, not, well, take all the work for myself. Like that's the worst thing I could do, you know? And I love that you called out that sort of insidious nature of marketers selling software to marketers. Oh yeah. It, it, it seems to be like a particular Achilles heel because who doesn't want to buy another tech that can magically solve our solutions. I remember back in the day I was a junior marketer and it was this like, uh, it was clickable. I don't know if it's still that or it's changed or whatnot, but, but back in the day, little junior marketing Casey day, it, it appeared to just solve all of our PPC woes. And it was very good UI. Like it looked pretty. Yeah, like, I love it just that. Looked like it's just gonna, you just 
plug it into your, you know, your AdWords and it's just going to analyze and it's going to make everything green. And then you plug it in and you realize we don't know how to use this. <laughs> and, and then we end up hiring the sales rep that sold us clickable to be a consultant for us on the side to help us set it up and Love actually that. use it. And, and it was, it was him really that was the one that helped us learn the things we need to learn in order to make, we did have inefficiencies, right? but it wasn't like the app was going to be able to say, well, you know, your call to action's weak here because of X, Y, and Z. It's just like, right. no, this campaign's right. is shit. Like this isn't working. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I, I think there's so much of it that like come back to the tenets of marketing of like, you're exactly right. Like the tool doesn't work if you don't have the foundation built for the tool. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like a lot of that comes down to like really great copywriting, really good creative, really solid like concepts. Do you have strong value props? Are you consistently saying the same things over and over? Um, so it's more about that kind of stuff that is so teachable to people and the tools. Like I always think like in general and work life, like culture, whatever, the soft skills are the things that we really should focus on. The hard skills, the tooling, that stuff changes so much anyway. Like I would be in trouble if I like poured all of my time into, you know, a timely example, but like a universal analytics. I'm pretty well versed in universal analytics. Now we're changing to GA4 and we had to hire an outside agency to yeah. do the like migration because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And it's <laughs> yeah. just like, okay, but I'm not, you know, that's like not on me. It's also just like, if you get into marketing, you have to understand that you're going to be using different tools like every two years. Like that's just how it goes. Right. So why would I, you know, and I think I, I've been in that very small MarTech to MarTech space. It's great because it's a, you know, people are open to new ways of doing things and there's a huge community there. Like it's very small. We all know each other. We all know who's legit. We all know who's not like it's it's great from that perspective and it's really nice as a marketer to be selling to marketers because i have those issues so like the copywriting is like second nature right like those yeah. campaign ideas i just understand because i have those problems so the value props are like just write themselves um but i don't know that you know in this the with covid and then this like tech layoff recession time and all that stuff like that's probably one of those like little you know sectors that's going to take a big hit is because marketing budgets are going away um and you can't just like handshake deal these tech specs like if we're a customer of if you're a customer of ours we'll be a customer of yours it's like who's that helping though like <laughs> is that are you actually like like finding marketing and sales success or do you right. just know a lot of people in your network like right and like, are they going to turn next year? And I think that's another thing that I could go on a whole other podcast rant about just like the amount of companies that don't really think about customer success and churn. All right. Um, well, we'll definitely come back to customer <laughs> success and churn because that's definitely a thing. Um, but like circling on that idea of it not being complicated, daunting maybe, mm -hmm. but not complicated. If it's not complicated, would you call it simple? I don't know if simple is the right word either. Maybe like, honestly, like layered, like, like a cake, mm. like 
you know, baking a cake and following the instructions is not difficult, but you, there is an order. It's not like cooking where you're like just throwing things in a pan. Like marketing is way more like baking than it is about cooking until you like build all the layers and then maybe you decorate the cake and you can do whatever the fuck you want. But <laughs> un- until you get there, and my sister would love, I have a twin sister and she's a baker. So shout out to Annie. Um, shout out. What's up? So we're just bringing it all together. Um, but seriously, but- I love this analogy. Because you're right. The layers are it's just like a layer. Now you can, yeah, and you, you can, can overly complicate the layers yeah. prematurely. I remember when I got married, it was like, okay, what kind of cream do you want in between the layers? And you're like, well, let's just make it all buttercream. Like, let's right. just, it tastes good. Let's do that. But you can have one layer be raspberry and yep. one layer can be buttercream and the next layer can be something else. And it's like, it almost like that's the, the MarTech and other things coming in saying like, Oh, let's complicate. Let's or or like my daughter just got a giant bag of Sour Patch Kids, and she's like, "Let's make cookies out of these." And I'm like, "What would that even look like?" Uh, Amazing. Like, it <laughs> might be, but like you could put those in the cake too. It overly complicate. But I like the, your metaphor. It's just like, look, it's a cake. Do the right ingredients. Do the recipe in order. Make that thing happen. And then when it comes time to decorate, now you can be the cake boss and yep. you can throw that craziness on there, but not yeah. beforehand. I think too the the it's all of those things, but I think too the biggest part about that cake analogy that I like is that you know if you have one layer, if you have a small team, like focus on one layer, one program. If you have you know then then you stack up. That's why I say layered. Um, but at the end of the day, like whether your cake is you know five levels high or one level high, it's still cake. It's still going to be good. Like focus on making it a good cake, no matter how many how many people you're feeding, right? Like then that's how you compound success. And like as long as that foundation is strong, your cake's gonna be good. Like yeah, no, but what's great about this is anyone that <clears throat> like marketing our our dilemma is that we are kind of cursed with this analytical creative mind where we kind of want to you know we want to dabble a little bit on both sides. But man, there's certain things you can't be creative in. And usually baking is one of those. Yep. Now, if you're cooking, if you're, you know, throwing some garlic in that pan and you're sauteing something, like if you throw a handful versus a little less, that's not going to come back to bite you. But if you decide to use two eggs instead of one, or God forbid, you double the amount of flour, yeah. this is not a good time for creativity because then you, you, <laughs> you will get there like – is it the Sleeping uh, Beauty cake with the like mob? Is that Sleeping Beauty? Well, I was thinking like Elmo and Bert had this like gobbity gluck kind of like weird cake thing that they would make. And it's like that's what you're going to get if you yeah. try to get creative on the foundational stuff. It's like just just do that and then you get crazy later. Yeah, that's smart. So not complicated, but it's layered. And I think the daunting thing is if you look at the whole cake all together, like, I don't know how to do that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, I think, where people are just like, put their other hands up. They're like, I'm, I can't, I can't do this. I can't possibly. And even me, like six, seven years into my career, like I said, if you're on LinkedIn, there's something new that somebody is trying and trying to tell you that you're missing out on every day. And I think that that's where that like negative kind of connotation comes back is just this, like, if you're not doing what everybody else is doing, then like you're behind. But I think it's really interesting that 
especially in marketing, if you're doing what everybody else is doing, then those like channels become really noisy and then it becomes right. ineffective mm. and you have to go find a new channel. So like, instead of just creating really good program after program content and all these things and like really compounding on ourselves, we're literally doing like, look over there, then look over there, then go backwards, then do this, then, oh, go back to that program that you abandoned for this other one. Like we're seeing diminishing returns because we're all running toward the same things because of the industry and our competitors and our LinkedIn profiles and all those things instead of just like focusing on ourselves. And like, right. what do we need as a company? What what skills do we have on our team that are different from some of somebody else? So what is the right? You, you were starting to get to this and we wanted to dwell on the, the myth for just a second. What is the solution or... How do you bake that cake? Yeah, so a little rudimentary, but again, like we're trying to make this as simple as possible. Um, yeah. I have three steps. Um, technically four if uh, rinse and repeat at the end is a step. Um, but three three real steps. Um, the first one and the, what I do every time that I start a new job or, you know, if somebody's coming to me and they're like, how do I get started in marketing? I'm like, understand analytics first. Like, Make sure you're you're collecting data somehow, whether it's in GA or HubSpot or you're manually pulling your LinkedIn engagement into a spreadsheet or whatever it is, like whatever channels you're currently using, make sure that you're getting some kind of actionable data out of. And then learn how to read. So I think, again, my first thing that I usually do is like really break down and audit the metrics over the last quarter, over the last year, whatever it is. Just understand what's working and what's how how do you uh tell me in in the next ninety seconds how do you learn how to read data yeah um I'm a lucky because I started in engineering in college, and so numbers are what have always been my thing Hell um yeah. and then quickly was like, this is not for me uh i don't want I don't want to be in the library every day I don't want these people to be my coworkers I'm very collaborative. <laughs> I'm, I've come from a family of engineers too. So it was not an easy like switch, uh, but I switched to advertising because it was way more collaborative. Anyways, all that is, so I'm just inherently like, I understand numbers. Um, it takes practice. I think it takes like, even I, to understand your numbers, I look at them every day. I look at them every week. I look at them every month, like understand how to slice and dice, um, I think is important. Also there are tons of certifications, Google, HubSpot, they all have free certifications that you can take to like know how and, and what numbers to look at. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things I heard you say in there is to look at them. And I know I've done this wrong in the past where, and I think a lot of marketing can do this wrong. You can collect all the data you want, but if you don't actually look at it or you collect too much and now you can't look at the stuff you need to like, you need to actually look at your numbers on a on a somewhat regular basis, if yep. not daily, right? Yep. Certain, there's certain things you need to just stay in the loop on. Otherwise, who? why even collect it? Well, I think too, like, like my title is growth. Like, okay, yeah. the easiest way to track growth are the numbers going up, right? Like, and again, I think that some of the fear around like looking at the numbers is like, what if they're low? But like, what is low? Like, what is industry average? Also, if you're a tech company, and say you're like, you know, even if you're not creating something brand new, you're you're 
trying to make some a better solution than what currently exists like you have to be honest with where you're starting and like understand otherwise if you're optimizing your program for the way that your competitor is doing it that has you know a marketing team of 50 people that's not going to help your program no like you have to start where you are and be like really realistic about like where you currently sit the numbers don't matter as long as you can find a way to make them go up and i think that, that there's so much power to you saying that and i think that when marketers think that way that's when we get it right when we're not you know so biased to our numbers like let them speak for themselves and then work to fix them if you, you know if they need fixing figure out what but like they're not lying they're they may need interpretation but just you know give yourself up to the numbers to be able to then take action and not be all worried about things yep yeah why would i chase i it's it's honestly like how i live my life like just be yeah. honest just be honest with where you're at currently that's the only <laughs> yeah. way to start growing forward yeah. right doesn't matter. Right. Oh, There's you some... know, the, the scale says this, but you know what? I think it's off by 50 pounds. Yeah. So I think I'm good today. You know, it's like, well, all right. All right. Exactly. You know, <laughs> you got to keep doing math every day. Like what's going on? Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So look at those stats. Uh, do you have a favorite metric? Oh, role uh, at growth? yeah. Um, you know, I'm deep in the Google analytics. Um, that's, I just own the website and that's all the channels we're a product-led growth uh, company. So everything starts with the website and ends with the website. Um, and all of the channels are obviously driving people to the website. So that's really my source of truth. Um, my my favorite metric is probably time on page. Um, it's not bounce rate. It's not issues. It's not sessions. It's I, time on page. Do people actually enjoy this content? Are they reading it? Are they clicking to something else to stay on the site like that to me is is that quality metric like i will always pick quality metrics over quantity ones you know i have often been confused by time on page because sometimes i've i've heard people explain it as like well what if they're lost and they can't find anything they're gonna leave <laughs> they're that's, gonna leave. that's called that's called the bounce rate yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love it Okay, so if they're confused, these days they're not like, well, I can't find it, but let me spend the next four minutes no. looking for it. Now they're like, I'm out. <laughs> Literally, yeah, for real. Oh, that's so good. So good. So time on page. It, in in these day and age, especially if you know they're going to bounce anyway, so it's almost like you know, are they every moment they're here, they're getting some kind of value in yep. some way. Yeah, yeah, and a, a little – peek or deep dive into like how I think about co website content specifically too. like this is even showing further that like we complicated so far and we think we know so much like I can pull all of these insights and hypotheses like out of the data of like oh this person like you know there's all these heat maps and this person stayed here really long or whatever um but or we're hoping like if this is the first page they land on, then we really want them to take this path. And here's the next path. So like we obviously build websites with with user paths in mind. But to be honest, like sometimes we really don't know. Um, so I try to put a path for, you know, every user that could land on that page. Are they ready to buy? Are they somewhere in the consideration middle stage? Are they just here for the first time in awareness? Um, you know, for the awareness person, you give them a content user path of like, if you want to learn more, here's your button. 
um, later <laughs> down the page. Like if you're like, you can literally think of the funnel as like scroll depth too, right? Like awareness is somewhere in the top. Maybe you're giving them more information and they click somewhere else. If they're scrolling down further, they want to learn more. Okay, here's some more consideration. Here's some integrations that we have or our competitors, how we stack up. And then the bottom is like, here's demo, here's sign up, here's pricing information. Like you have to give everybody on every page a user path because we maybe don't know how they're using the website. Yeah, it's fascinating. So I'm looking at it right now. So it's loopandtie.com. We are doing a new website. So good luck with the old one. <laughs> um, new website launches <laughs> in, in July. Um, in July. Yeah. So maybe when this episode launches. So you may be looking there we at go. a brand new site. It's beautiful. I'm so excited to get it out there. What What's what's different from what I'm looking at to what you're looking Like what were some of the key changes? Yeah. Made, especially knowing that you've just talked about paths and consideration and ready to buy. Yeah, it, it was a lot of that in general. Like I feel like our content on our current site is getting lost. Um, there's too many things in the nav. There, we're confusing people as to your point earlier. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to leave. Um, yeah. And we we picked one main CTA. I think for a long time we were testing. And also like our sales team was heavily um, dependent on inbound lead. Mm -hmm. And we figured out that engine. Um, there also, we've, introduce an outbound engine so like we're not on the hook so much as a marketing team for demos we're we're going with that product-led growth right. how do we get people to sign up for free get them in the products um so our whole site will be optimized for that with that secondary demo cta in there as well um so you will you still have that because in just to describe mm -hmm. for people uh big orange button send a gift and then right next to it book a demo without right. a button just in, in like yeah, the blue it's, text. It's similar text. to that, but in the top you even see like there's login, sign up, send a gift, book a demo. Yeah. Like that's too many. Yeah. Pricing um, about how it works, impact, yeah. solutions. Yeah. So we've collection. combined we've combined yeah. some pages, we've pulled some things out of the nav, um, just to make it really clear like what action we want you to take, which is send a gift slash sign up for free. Like technically those are the same. Um so we're we're really pushing, uh, like I said, the website to be a really big driver in product. Um, you have a bit of like a B two B and B two C split. Yeah. Is that what's happening? I mean, why, it, and so how fun. do you deal with that? And do you ever feel like you're kind of bipolar in, in a marketing world? Yeah, um, I would say that we sell to we sell to businesses, but we are the end user is a consumer, right? Like the business is sending it. Every also like everybody's a person, so like. I like to call us like B2B company that like wears the B2C hat more often. Also, like we function very more similarly from a analytics and like strategy standpoint to an e-commerce company um, because you're actually like buying a gift collection on the site and like sending it to someone like and there's a tracking flow and all of those things. Um, so it's it's really fun because it's like a combination of all of those things and my boss, uh, MK, the CMO is like super like hip on just like, we don't, why do we label ourselves as anything? Let's just do our own thing. Let's just like make cool things and like make it work. I'm like, yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. Shout out to MK. Absolute yeah, badass. The best. Yeah, for sure. Shout out. Um, 
Cool. So, so you're balancing those two aspects and, you know, I clicked on send a gift and we'll talk a little bit more about this in just a little bit, but just, you know, from a, how, how long has this redesign taken and, and are, will you be glad in July when it's live? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every website project is kind of, you know, it kind of is like, why are you doing that? But like, literally the last three companies I've been at, I've taken on a website. It's kind of become my thing. I'm like, it's like a necessary evil, I feel like. Um, but I also really, really enjoy it. And like, maybe that makes me weird. But like, I love a, you know, Gantt chart and a spreadsheet and like the organization of all that. I also really enjoy the copywriting. I, I've written the majority of three websites in three years. And I just like, really like that. Um, but we started the engagement with an agency called Innovate Map. They're out of Indianapolis. Shout out Midwest. Shout We're doing out a lot guys. of shout outs. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. Uh, but they've been great. They're actually more, they're like a branding agency with the product marketing arm. So one of the other problems that we were having on our team was that because we had added, you know, new features and new functions and we're going after new industries and things like that, um, we were having a product marketing and messaging problem of like, and we are doing all of these cool things, but we don't know how to say them and not say all of them in one breath. So it was becoming like, our copywriting was like, you know, seven lists of commas and, you know, we're trying to say everything instead of find the the middle. Like, what what are we actually saying? Um, so they they helped us. The first part of the engagement was positioning and messaging. And, you know, the CEO is involved and the head of sales is involved. And it was just a really great exercise that was like in, within my first two months of starting at Loop, um, which was just like really, really, really great. Um you know, they gave us foundational statements and value props. And it was just a really strong way to start off a website project. Um, then we did a branding, you know, rebrand engagement with them and rebrand refresh. Like it's definitely different than what currently exists, but it's not a complete departure. Um, still very light and airy and focused on the, you know, the products and the marketplace and things like that. We just wanted to bring it um, with some personality. And that's what we did. And I'm really excited for everybody to see it. It's so fun. Um, so cool. Yeah. And then the website kind of in parallel uh, to the second half of the branding exercise and like actually seeing what that looks like on page. Um, so and, and it's the smallest website I've done, but it's also like one where it's like because, you know, we're not strictly B2B or we're not strictly B2C or any of those things like there's no playbook. To, for me to follow like a lot of it is a lot of like okay on this page like what you know listening to customer calls listening to talking to the sales team like what are the questions people have about this feature or all of those things um so we we really got to collaborate really heavily across the org which was really fun too um but yeah now it, now it's in our hands we're doing some final tweaks on some spot illustrations and things like that. I've got to do the SEO layer. Um, and then it goes off to a dev agency called crew, which I've worked before there. And the other thing is we're moving from, from WordPress to Webflow, which like, I'm so excited about. <laughs> I hate WordPress. Um, just not a fan. Uh, it's very antiquated. It's really hard for us to spin up pages, all of those things. Um, so, okay. Tell me more. Yeah. Webflow. I just, yeah, Webflow is great. Um, the ability to easily spin up landing pages, it's no code, very much like 
you know, once you, the thing with the caveat with Webflow is use a developer to set it up for you. Um, don't try to use a template. Don't try to do it yourself. Um, super easy once you have the foundation set in place, like a style guide. And, you know, we have 10 different types of block components and things like that. Um, super easy from there, but I would highly recommend using an agency uh, to get you started in Webflow. But all this to say, like, Word, like I said, WordPress is very antiquated. Like even mm. the UI of WordPress, I go in there and I'm like, oh my God, is this Outlook? Like how, <laughs> what year is it? Like, I just don't understand. And again, with WordPress, you have to like use all these builders and plugins and like, there's just more shit to break. Yeah. Um, if I <laughs> can to keep those use... updated or some hacker yeah. somewhere is going to break into your site. Yeah, if you know, if I can find a better solution and Webflow, I love, you know, a lot of my friends work there on the community side and it's just like they do such a good job of, you know, really taking care of their customers and all these things. Like a good example of a company that has just really busted out through great marketing and really good customer success. Um, but it's like an all-in-one solution. Like it's just stand up a website, um, but it has everything in there that I need. So Super cool. Learn new things every day. You know, it also had me thinking, you know, imagine we travel to the future, you know, and later on, we're going we're gonna to go back in time, but we go in the future 200 years from now and we're looking at the internet and we're like, you guys are still using WordPress? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, the thing that people like always bring people to WordPress, I think is that it's cheap. It's like, yeah. it's, it's easy, you know, and people are like, well, Squarespace is just for e-commerce companies. Mm. I'm like, no, that would you would be better off using Squarespace for your SaaS website than WordPress. Like, yeah, wow. Oh man. So all these things are cooking. All these things are going full speed ahead. What would you say is your like your biggest challenge right now? Yeah, um, my biggest challenge is honestly like time management is not the right word. Like maybe capacity. Um, yeah. And I think that that's a great segue into, um, I guess, the third step. We skipped the second step. The second step oh, yeah, yeah. in my uh, in my thing, and we've talked about this a little bit, is uh, find your find your opportunities and like underscore three times your. Um, you read the metrics. You under you you understand where your biggest opportunities are, where your challenges are. Sure, but like in from a growth perspective, where do you think you can find the most success in the shortest amount of time? Um, again, that doesn't come from all of the noise on LinkedIn and Twitter. It doesn't come from, oh, our competitors showed up at this event. Are we going to go spend 50 grand to do that? Like you probably shouldn't. If you're a small startup, don't do that. Um, you know, again, where, where can you see the most growth? Um, and where do you have skills, uh, on your team to actually take those projects on? I think that that's a really key layer, um, especially on marketing teams, like, Again, my experience on purpose, I consider myself a generalist and like that conversation of like, do we want more specialists? Do we want more generalists? In this time where marketing teams are getting smaller and smaller from these larger organizations, you need more generalists. You have to take on bigger job descriptions um, and bullet pointed lists. And I actually like the mix of that. Like I enjoy the mix of the work. Um, but the challenge of that is, is like, how do I focus, right? Like yeah. if I have all these things. So for us, and I'll kind of like a related into this, like our biggest growth opportunity was organic uh, search. Um, 
which is honestly why MK came and was like, do you want to come work with me? And I said, tell me more about that. Um, that's my background. Uh, definitely not a technical SEO or anything like that. I could learn a lot from a lot of people still, and I still do. Um, but in terms of like content and on page and creative and things like that, like I really shine there. I just, that's the yeah. way that my brain works. I, especially for a tool like loop and tie that is so product led focused. Um, we really see a lot of our capture in that paid search space, like creating demand and social and all these other things. But honestly, like it's interesting from a gift. And I've said this before, um, in a gifting like market, like ours, I can't advertise to you the same way I would if I was selling an email automation software um, because I don't I don't know when you're going to meet a gift platform. I don't know when your gifting occasions are. I don't know when your employees' birthdays are. I have no idea. So like if I'm spending ad dollars to retarget you or like send you ads on LinkedIn, I don't know what... There's no way sure. for me to control that conversion. Right. I have no idea. Um, so... We're very careful about where we spend money um, in, in terms of paid advertising. It looks more like event sponsorships with big brands and we cover the gifts and things like yeah. that. Um, but our biggest avenue was organic search. We were seeing really big, you know, really good results from paid search, even on a small scale. And we know that people are just like, I need a gifting software. Then they're Googling. Them. Um, and the other advantage of loop and tie versus some other gifting platforms that I have worked for and have been in the space for the last, you know, two years, um, is that we don't require a contract or mm. you know, like a contract value. Like right. you're in search and you're literally your employee's birthday is today. <laughs> you <laughs> right. could Google search. I need to totally send it. Plausible. To, yeah. And you could totally do it. And it would be done in 15 minutes, but like that is such a, fun challenge for me inside the search space that I've never had, which is why I say like we do function more from that perspective as an e-commerce company, because at the point of sale, how do I convert them in 10 minutes with content? Um, so we're, you know, I built out a whole keyword strategy and we're working with a paid consultant to kind of marry those two programs together. That's more focused on branded terms. Um, when I started at Loop, we really are only uh, ranking for like branded search terms. Um, loop and tie, loop and tie gifts. Right. I want to be ranking for corporate gifting. Corporate gifting, gifting yes. Yeah. Solutions, gifts for $25, employee gifts, customer gifts, like all of those things. So I've built, I've been building out clusters, keyword clusters for those. Nice. Um, and then content around that. And then. It looks like blog content. It looks like some conversion page content, depending on the keyword. Like if it's a solution or software-based keyword, like gifting platform, I want to give them a landing page that is going to sell them versus a blog post with 30 gifts in it. Um, <laughs> right. So I think, again, like I, I, if I have one superpower, it's understanding search intent and figuring out how to move that into most of our marketing. Um, and then again, so the third step, um, yeah. to get started is focusing on one program. So right now mine's SEO. I also have the website, so I'm already breaking my own rule of having one thing. Um, but the website is more of a group project. 
Um, so I'm take SEO is definitely me. I think when I'm taking on or, you know, projects are brought to me or whatever it is, the thing that I ask myself is, am I the only one that can solve this or can somebody else help this? Like, right. yes, I know what to do here, but are there issues that this company needs to have solved that only I can do? I should be focused on those things. Um, not to say that I don't want to collaborate. We actually did a personality test at the beginning of starting this company, which I think is a great like lexicon for you to have with your um, coworkers. You like do a presentation on what type of personality you have and like it goes into a spreadsheet so you can see what everybody's is. Um, mine's collaborator. I really like to work with other people, yeah. which is tough in a remote work environment. <laughs> um, it is. But we find ways. But my... My uh, my biggest step, advice, whatever, to somebody trying to uncomplicate and get started in is try to focus on one thing. Um, because going back to the cake analogy, like you build that foundation, like you're so much more set up for success if you build out a really, really strong email marketing program and you start there and go from A to Z, like soup to nuts, everything. And then you can have the peace of mind to go work on the next thing while that thing is like chugging along. Like the thing with marketing is that most of the stuff, it's not like sales where you have to hit the phones every day. Most of the stuff, if you set it up right, you can automate, you can create workflows that kind of do that. You only have to check in on your babies like once a week, maybe once a month. Um, you, you, you don't really have to keep going back, right? If you do it the right way. And that's the problem with trying to take on five things at one time is you're only making so much little progress on these things. And it just doesn't you, you never get anywhere um, constructive. Yeah, it's like trying to dig a, dig a hole in sand at the beach, right? It just constantly just keeps coming back in if you got to focus on one area. Uh, man, there's just there's so much stuff here. There, I feel like I could talk to you forever. And obviously, four <laughs> is rinse and repeat. But I, I want to – you started talking a little bit about advice and I had this hypothetical question I'd love to throw mm. at you because, you see, I may or may not have a time machine here in New right. Hampshire, right? Amazing. I love that. So we go back in time. But if we come visit. We get some beer, some lobster. <laughs> we, we hang out. We, we do this time machine thing. But it's a particular kind of time machine and you go back. You get to visit yourself a couple days after graduating from school, right? And you got that degree and you're like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Out into, out into the wilds of marketing and advertising and all those things. If you could talk to yourself, you get, you get some time to have a chat, what kind of advice would you give yourself? Yeah, um, there's a lot of things that I would say. Um, first and foremost, don't freak out that you don't have a job lined up because I think that that was a huge thing that I was really anxious about. There were so many people in the program that I was in that had already lined up to work at Yelp or you know leo burnett or some of these like big uh like places in chicago um i went to school at, at illinois at u of i down in champaign so um it was pretty normal for people to have things lined up um and that comparison I, right looking at other people and where yeah. do i stack yeah yeah and i did so like i guess that inherently like that is one of them is like don't worry about anybody else i think like i learned very early on um in my career that it's career uh it's not this like it's not like school right there's no curriculum that says if you read this book and you take you know you read the book 
you'll get an A on the test because you read the book. Then if you get an A, then you get placed into these advanced classes. And then if you do that, then you get to the college that you want to go to. Like there's there's structure there. Career is not really like that, especially in the way that I have taken my career of like on paper, I'm certainly like what you would consider a job hopper. Um, mm. I've had five jobs, four jobs in four years or whatever, like freaks my mom out. <laughs> uh, my mom's been at the same company for 35 years. Um, but all that to say, like, I think my biggest piece of advice is like, don't, don't be afraid to listen to your, to yourself and your gut. Um, I think unfortunately, especially during like these kinds of, you know, this time, like, so many of my friends, you know, I'm not getting a raise this year or all of these things. And I think so much is, a, is on us to raise our hand and say, well, of course, they're not going to give you a raise. You can keep doing the job that you're doing for the same amount of money. Like it's it's your career. And I think yeah. there's a balance of like not being selfish, but understanding like. I care a lot, too, and I think that that's a huge a lot of marketers do because it's inherently creative work and it's like we're building, we're creating. How can I not be attached to that? Yeah. Um, but I've stayed too long at places and then eventually I get laid off or whatever <laughs> yeah, right. it is. Right. Like, um, also like layoffs are not detrimental. It actually like really kickstarted what I find to be like the best parts of my career so far and getting different experience and all those things. There's always something to learn. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of lessons in there, but I think the main one is just like, it's your career, it's your life. Um, nobody's telling you what you should and shouldn't do. Um, and there's ample opportunity out there to like actually do what you want. Like go find it for yourself, right? Like I, sitting in engineering class, I certainly didn't think that I would be leading a startup's growth, but like, I love it. Here I am. It's great. Hell yeah. So good. Talk to me about loop and tie for marketers out there. How does this tie in? How, yeah. how can you leverage this? Yeah. Um, so I don't if you're fairly familiar with like the gifting space, and it definitely is one that has popped up in the Martech space, you know, I would say like definitely with remote work, like all of the all of the all of the gifting platforms saw a huge boom. Um, in 2020, because it was connection, right? It's all about like, how do we stay connected to our employees, our customers, our partners, um, all of those things. Um, and gifting was an easy way to do that and finding you know, a gifting platform. Like traditional gifting is a lot of spreadsheets and right, you have to get everybody's address and did this person move? And then somebody has to like buy all the gifts and then God forbid, you're remote. So all that shit gets shipped to your house and then somebody's packing all of it. Like just in general, swag and gifting and all like it's very antiquated. There's a lot of logistics, um, which is why, honestly, companies don't do it because they're like, we don't have the time. We don't have the money. Um, and then their employees start to, you know, employees, customers, whoever, like it's just a nice touch point. It, you know, it's like a thank you so much. It's a thank you. It's gratitude that you're that you're showing. Um, at least that's what we really believe at Loop and Tie. Um, what I saw in the gifting space over the last couple of years is it moved more toward that like pre-sale motion. Um, 
book meetings, send gifts to book meetings, send, you know, kids, we'll send you a gift card if you take a meeting with us. Like, I think that that's a means to an end. And I think that that's like an interesting cycle. Um, we don't focus on that here at, at Loop. We're much more focused on the intention behind your gift and the gratitude piece of it and like the connection of, of what it means to give somebody a gift. Um, so and- that's huge, right? Connection. I see that with podcasting too, right? It, you're trying to create a connection. You could easily turn the, the connection of a gift into like some sort of bribe to like, totally. I, really, I really don't need your software. I really don't want to talk to you, but thanks for the Patagonia hat. I appreciate right. it. Yeah. Um, or, Hey, let me get in the podcast. It's not really about you. I'm, yeah. I don't really care what you have to say, but let me tell you quickly about what my app can do so you right. can buy it. Trust it's me. Like you can always, yeah. almost any marketing channel, you can, you can make it from such a, a great opportunity for connection into just something just gross and nasty. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the other piece that Loop and Tie does so differently from the other gifting platforms that are, you know, in the space is we're we're super duper focused on sustainability mm. and like how we fit into that. Not necessarily like we want we want the customer to like care about sustainability, but not feel like they're taking that on through gifting with Loop and Tie. We're taking we sequester two times the carbon that's emitted on every delivery planting trees we're removing ocean-bound plastic there's a gift it forward if you don't want a gift you can you you can donate to charity instead like there's so many things um also loop and tie is really focused on most of the products in the marketplace are small and local businesses minority-owned businesses um societal and economic sustainability is something that we have to think about too i think it's something that definitely drew me to loop and tie was that feel like the tech space so far as into my experience has been like, what is this doing for the world? Like yeah, besides right? just making my boss more money and their boss more money and like the CEO really rich, like what is it actually doing for like the planet and the, the space that we occupy and all of these things. So right. it's really nice to have that connection um, to real life. Um, so there's all of those things. Um, but my biggest thing about Loop and Tie versus other gifting platforms is the gift choice aspect. So instead of me picking, you know, like you said, a Patagonia hat and sending it to you and hoping that you like it, I would pick a price point and then I would send you basically a shopping experience and you would get to pick your own gift. Um, is that the collections? Yeah, 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 that's what that's we call cool. it, gift collections. It's super curated. Our buying and merchandising team does a great job of curating really cool brands. Again, small businesses. Some things in there you've definitely heard of before, like Crosley, um, like the the speaker company and things like that. Um, but it's a shopping experience that, like, I, you know, wouldn't necessarily buy myself the cutting boards behind me because. You know, I just don't know that I have cutting boards. Those <laughs> ones are handmade and they're really nice. And again, it's not something I would buy for myself, but somebody gifted me a collection. And I was like, wow, I really had my eye on something like this. Like, this is perfect. It's That's like a great. treat for yourself. Um, and then the gifter, the giftee um, has an opportunity to say thank you to the gifter. Um, so you can see, like, if you sent me a gift, like you can see what I picked it also has that connection. If you're like, oh, you really like a charcuterie board. Like, that's amazing. Like, whatever. Um, that's it's cool. just an added layer of connection that I think is really cool. And you can start to understand more about your customers and employees through that. Um, yeah, 
also like just very happy to be at a company now. Like I've, you know, I worked at G2 where we're doing software reviews. I worked at a company called Big Time where um, they were building um, a budget allocation and uh, resource allocation for like engineers and anybody that had billable time. Um, great products. I just, I'm not, it's boring. I'm just not mm-hmm. interested in that. Yeah. Um, which brought me to Postal, which I was like, this is so fun. We actually have physical products to show and it's not just screenshots in our marketing and it's real. And it, gifting is great. I think it's, I think it's really fun. I think it's something that like you're expressing a thank you or a congratulations or it's just who wouldn't want to be like marketing more of that, you know? Yeah. And in a super, super growingly virtual world, it like reconnects to the physical. And there's just something about, you know, we used to get, well, I used to remember getting like a card in the mail from my grandmother, you know, and then people would talk about how they only get junk mail. Now we're kind of like excited. Wait, there's like a physical piece of paper where there's a box with my name on it. Like, let's go. That's I know. It's great. I know it's not, and it's not me buying Amazon packages for myself. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not my own Amazon <laughs> purchase. It's like a surprise off the shelf. Well, this is so cool. Where can people connect with you? What kind of social platforms? What kind of URLs? All that. Yeah, um, LinkedIn, first and last name Bridget Putker, um, and Twitter. Um, my uh, handle is a little bit more confusing. It's Bridget Putker, but the K K E R is actually K U R R, like. Cardi B. I just kept it. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. We'll, we will link to that. So if people are currently trying to figure out how to do that, amazing. Just click, Thank you. Just click. Just literally click. It's a good reminder for me to change it. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Those are the well, two. Do you have that any I'm... underscores in there? Because that's like the no. cardinal sin. Okay. Nope. All right. No underscores. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I've honestly, with the Twitter debacle in the recent year, I've taken more my more of my tweets to LinkedIn. So. Oh, cool. Maybe you're not getting uh, as spicy, but it's pretty spicy on LinkedIn. For Hell LinkedIn. yeah. You know, and, and even with Twitter, it's a whole other convo, but you, you kind of have to like refine people that are still on there because, oh, I, I got 5,000 followers, but like half of them aren't using it anymore. So, yeah. But like who is? And it's crazy. It's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, well, hey, like thank you so much for coming on here. This has been absolutely fantastic. Um, I literally like time even ran away from me because I was just so into like not it doesn't have to be complicated the metaphor now i feel like i gotta eat cake you i know, know? isn't that great layers so i really appreciate you coming on here and just schooling us on this stuff yeah thank you so much for having me casey it was a good combo hell yeah and for those listening if you learned something i freaking know you did because i literally have two pages of notes front and back and i like <laughs> run out of space in the margins so share this with someone one person nine people three thousand people linkedin's a good place to do that and we'll just hop in the comments. We'll have a little comment battle. We'll just get in there and start engaging. And, and but, but share your takeaway from this, not just what you heard, but like what it means to you, what kind of action you're going to take from it. That's that's really how other people can learn from this. And with that, Bridget, you are the best. You're the best. More walks down by the lake because it clearly yep. is working. Thank, <laughs> Thank you again. You. Thanks so much. All right, everyone. This has been another crazy cool episode of the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will see you all next time.